Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. There are many things that happen to us every day that can only be explained through the ministry of angels. And although the Bible says we are never to worship the angels, the fact is we need to understand their reality and their power. And when we do so, it only encourages us to worship the God who created them for our benefit. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffers. You know, all throughout history, people have claimed to witness miraculous events that can only be explained by the divine. Could these supernatural occurrences be the work of angels? Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress explains why we shouldn't be surprised by encounters with God's invisible forces. Now here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. In this brief window between Christmas and the new year, I've chosen to address an uplifting topic, the truth about angels, and we'll resume my study in just a moment. First, let me remind you that time is running out to request your copy of the brand new 2023 Pathway to Victory Daily Devotional. The deadline for receiving your request is this coming Saturday, New Year's Eve. This brand new leather-bound edition has 532 pages of practical teaching from my heart to yours. And it's our gift to you when you give a generous year-end gift to support the expanding ministry of Pathway to Victory. Plus, when you give a generous year-end gift today, the amount you give is automatically matched and doubled because of the Light in the Darkness Matching Challenge. For a few more days, your generous gift of, say, $100 will be matched until it becomes $200. A $500 gift will become $1,000. A $1,000 gift would become $2,000. Any amount you give between now and Saturday will have twice the impact, and all of these resources will go directly toward reaching more people with Pathway to Victory than ever before. David and I will repeat this information at the end of today's program. Please be ready to jot down our contact information so that you can get in touch right away. Right now, it's time to open our Bibles to let God's Word teach us the truth about angels. I titled today's message, The Angels and You. One of the most often recounted stories about the work of angels in the life of believers concerns the true story of John Patton, a missionary in the New Hebrides Islands. This is the story. Hostile natives surrounded John Patton's mission headquarters one night, intent on burning the Pattons out and killing them. John Patton and his wife prayed all during that terror-filled night that God would deliver them. When daylight came, they were amazed to see that unaccountably, the attackers had left. They thanked God for delivering them. A year later, the chief of the tribe was converted to Jesus Christ. And Mr. Patton, remembering what had happened that night, asked the chief what had kept him and his men from burning down the house and killing them. The chief replied in surprise, Who were all of those men you had with you that night? The missionary answered, There were no men there, just my wife and I. 
The chief argued that they had seen many men standing guard, hundreds of big men in shining garments with drawn swords in their hands. They seemed to circle the mission station so that the natives were afraid to attack. Only then did John Patton realize that God had sent his angels to protect them. The chief agreed. There was no other explanation. There are many things that happen to us every day that can only be explained through the ministry of angels. Angels are a very real force in the world today. And although the Bible says we are never to worship the angels, the fact is we need to understand their reality and their power. And when we do so, it only encourages us to worship the God who created them for our benefit. We've been on a, in a study of angelology, the study of angels. We looked at the creation of angels, their reality, their personality. We looked at the ministry of angels to unbelievers. Yes, angels have a ministry to unbelievers. Remember what we saw? Sometimes they're ministers of God's goodness. God sometimes answers the prayer of a non-Christian. He brings good things into the non-Christian's life in order to bring that non-Christian to repentance. And angels are many times the vehicles that God uses in order to minister to unbelievers. Not only do unbelievers receive God's goodness through angels, but secondly, we saw that angels are ministers of God's judgment. Sometimes God will send judgment in this life to an unbeliever. Sometimes even death itself. And the angel is the one who is a minister of judgment. And finally, we saw that angels are ministers of eternal punishment. That is, who is it that is going to take the unbeliever and dispatch him to the eternal lake of fire? The last thing the unbeliever will see will be the face of an angel, for it is the angels who execute God's judgment against unbelievers. Now last time we also looked at the question of guardian angels. Does the Bible teach that every Christian has a guardian angel? Quite honestly, the evidence in Scripture is mixed on that. There are passages that seem to indicate that there is a guardian angel, but I think at the very least we can say if, if we don't have one guardian angel, we have many angels that work on our behalf. And either way, we know, as Hebrews 1.14 says, that angels are ministering spirits sent to render service on behalf of those who will inherit salvation. The angels work for our benefit. And tonight, what I'd like us to do is, after talking about what angels do for non-Christians, let's look tonight at what ministries angels perform on our behalf. And as I look through the scriptures, I find four very specific ministries that angels perform on your behalf every day. What do the angels do for us? Well, first of all, the Bible teaches that angels sustain and they encourage us. They sustain and they encourage us. This is especially true in times of stress or in times when we have physical needs. Kenneth Ware and his wife Susie were missionaries in Lausanne, Switzerland. One Saturday morning in September of 1944, they found themselves without any money or without any food for themselves or for their infant son. And so Susie Ware decided that she would pray for God's supernatural provision. Specifically, she said, God, I need five pounds of potatoes, two pounds of pastry, 
flour, apples, pears, carrots, and veal cutlets. After she prayed the prayer, she waited. About two hours later, there was a knock at the door. She opened the door and there was a man carrying basket, a basket filled with groceries. The man was between 30 and 40 years of age, Susie said. He seemed radiant and glowing. He said, I'm here bringing you what you asked for. Susie Ware said, there must be some mistake. I didn't order any groceries. He repeated, I'm here to bring you what you asked for. She invited him in. She empty, he emptied the grocery basket, and there in that basket was everything she had prayed for. She escorted him to the door, said thank you. She and her husband stood at the window of that second-story apartment, and they watched out the window to see that visitor exit through the only exit that was available in the apartment building. They stood there, they stood there, they never saw him leave. To this day, Kenneth and Susie Ware are convinced that it was an angel that God used to supply their physical need. You know, we shouldn't be surprised at that. If God has given angels the ability to inflict judgment upon unbelievers, why should we be surprised that God would also use angels to take care of the needs of believers? In fact, you find angels doing that all through the scriptures. Remember in Matthew chapter 4, we have the account of Jesus being tempted and tested in the wilderness for 40 days by Satan. After that 40 days of unbelievable trial and testing, Matthew 4.11 says that the angels came and they ministered to the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, angels do the very same thing for us as well. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings 19, where we see a great illustration of the angels' ability to sustain and encourage us. Now, let me remind you of the setting of 1 Kings 19. Remember 1 Kings 18, Elijah had just had his great battle of the gods on Mount Carmel, where he defeated the 400, uh, 450 false prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of the Asherah. And remember, he demonstrated on Mount Carmel that Yahweh is truly God. It was a high point in Israel's history and certainly a high point in Elijah's ministry. But everyone wasn't thrilled with what happened on Mount Carmel. And uh, least of all thrilled was Queen Jezebel. When Ahab came home and reported what had happened on Mount Carmel, Jezebel was infuriated because she was the one who had instigated the worship of Baal in Israel. Now let's pick up verse 1 of chapter 19. Now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all of the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and even more if I do not make your life as one of them by tomorrow about this time. She said, I'm going to kill you, Elijah. Verse 3, And Elijah was afraid, and he rose, arose, and he ran for his life, and he came to Beersheba. 850 false prophets couldn't phase Elijah, but the threat of one irate woman sent him running. Now, how do you explain that? Look at what happened. Verse 4, he comes to Beersheba. He goes another day's journey. 
into the wilderness and he sits down and he says, It is now enough, Lord. Take my life, for I am not better than my father's. He had run 120 miles to Beersheba and he said, God, go ahead and take my life. If most of us ran 120 miles, we would have to pray for God to take our life, (laughs) take care of itself. What was wrong with Elijah? Why was he so frightened of Jezebel? Why did he run 120 miles? Why did he fall into this deep depression? I've heard preachers all of my life try to explain it. They said, oh, Elijah took his eyes off of God. That was the problem. That's what happened. I don't think so. I think there's a very simple explanation. Elijah was emotionally, spiritually, and physically exhausted. He had just had the greatest day of his life on Mount Carmel. He had run 17 miles, verse 46 of chapter 18, from Carmel to Jezreel. And now he had run 120 miles. You know, Vince Lombardi had a great saying. He said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. And so he sat down under that juniper tree and he said, God, please take my life. But look at how God ministered to him. Verse 5, and an angel touching him, said to him, Arise and eat. And Elijah looked, and behold, there was laid at his head a bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because your journey is too great for you. Do you know sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap? Do you realize sometimes what you need isn't Bible study, it isn't prayer. It's just to restore your physical needs, take a nap, eat, take care of yourself. God understands that. We're not only spiritual beings, we're physical beings. And God understood that about Elijah, and so he ministered to his physical needs. And what I want you to see is he used an angel to supernaturally provide for those needs. And not only that, to encourage Elijah. The fact that God would send a special angel to take care of Elijah was one way of encouraging the prophet. It was God's way of saying, Elijah, I am not through with you yet. Sometimes God uses angels to sustain us and to encourage us. And I think since God doesn't change, I think he occasionally will do the same thing for us today. There's a second way that angels minister to us, and that is sometimes angels reveal God's will to us. Sometimes they reveal God's will. Now, in our series on the great doctrines of the faith, soon we will come to a series on the Bible, bibliology, the study of the Bible. And one thing we need to understand about the Bible is that the Bible is God's complete and it is God's final revelation. God is not giving any new doctrines today. Jude verse 3 says he has delivered to the saints the faith once for all. The faith that has been once for all delivered to the saints. This book contains everything we need to know about God. Nevertheless, there are some questions that we have about our life. Questions like whom to marry, where to go to school, whether we should move or not move, what we should do in this situation. We need God's guidance in our life. And in our series on hearing the master's voice, we talked about all of the different ways God provides guidance. 
Sometimes He does it through the Word. Sometimes He does it through prayer. Sometimes God will use wise counselors to give us advice. Sometimes it is the desires He has placed within our own hearts. Sometimes it's that prompting, that supernatural prompting of the Holy Spirit. God uses a variety of ways to reveal His will to us. But we shouldn't be surprised that if occasionally God might not even use an angel to reveal His will to us. You say, well, isn't that an extreme view to think that God would reveal His will through an angel? He's certainly done it before. Think, for example, in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. It was an angel that told Joseph that he should take Mary for his wife and adopt Jesus as his own son. Remember the women who went searching for the tomb of Jesus? It was an angel that guided them there. Or remember in Acts 8 verse 26, it was an angel that spoke to Philip and took him to Gaza to preach to the Ethiopian eunuch. Or think about Acts 27. Remember when Paul was on that ship with the other passengers and the ship was about to sink? And remember the passengers were afraid that they were going to die and the Apostle Paul came and he comforted them and the Apostle Paul said, God revealed to me, it is God who revealed to me that we shall not die. Although it is not the norm, I agree. I believe God sometimes uses angels to reveal His plan to us. Recently I read the account of Pastor A.D. Van Hoos pastor of the Bible Center Church in Evansville, Indiana. Pastor Van Hoos had been tremendously stressed out over the tremendous growth in his church and all of the attendant needs that came with that for finances and facilities. And he became emotionally and physically depleted, just like Elijah. And so he wrote that he became so concerned and stressed out that one afternoon he locked himself in his office and he asked God to reveal to him whether he ought to stay as pastor of the church or release his ministry to another person. Listen to what Pastor Van Hoos wrote. He said, as I sat back down in my chair, I felt a strange presence in the room. I finally mustered up the courage to demand, reveal yourself. Suddenly, the empty chair at the end of my desk became white with light, except for a tiny black dot in the center. The dot began to grow and grow until I saw the most handsome and dynamic man I had ever seen. The angel spoke at once. Your prayers have been answered. I am sent by God to instruct you. Listen carefully to what I have to say. The angel went on to tell me about my life, my work, and the various developments of my ministry, and that God was not through with me. And then the angel disappeared as quickly as he had come. Now, I'll have to admit, I'm always a little skeptical of stories like that. And yet, I wonder, why should I be? Because as you look through the Bible, the Bible, the New Testament is filled with examples of where God can use an angel to reveal His will to us. Now, I need to offer a caution, a word of caution here. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 4 says that Satan is capable of appearing as an angel of light. He is capable of it appearing as an angel and therefore he is capable of deceiving us. And that is why just because an angel appears to you, that does not mean that is God speaking to you. 
The fact is, if any angelic being comes into your life and reveals something to you that contradicts the Word of God, the clear teaching of the Word of God, then you need to understand that is not an angelic presence. That is a satanic presence. For example, as many of you know, uh, the whole religion of Islam originated from a series of angelic visions, supposedly, that came to the prophet Muhammad that were received in 610 A.D. And all of those prophecies that supposedly came from the angels completely contradict the word of God that says salvation is through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And today there are hundreds of millions of people who are being deceived and who will spend an eternity in hell because they have been deceived by so-called angelic visions given to a person. Or think of the religion of Mormonism. What is the religion of Mormonism? It is based on a series of so-called angelic visions deposited in the Book of Mormon that were delivered to Joseph Smith in the 1800s. Again, people are being deceived today because they have misinterpreted so-called angelic visions. You know, in Galatians 1, verse 6 and verse 8, the Apostle Paul said that if anyone comes to you, a pastor, a parent, a teacher, even an angel himself, Paul says, appears to you and preaches a gospel contrary to that of the Lord Jesus Christ, let that person be damned. We need to very carefully test any angelic appearance to see if it is in line with what the Word of God reveals. Although I don't think it happens often. In fact, I think the reason it is recorded in Scripture, these angelic appearances, is because it's not the norm, it's the exception. But sometimes we shouldn't be surprised if God chooses to reveal His will to us through the angels. Number three, angels protect us from physical and spiritual harm. One of the ministries of angels to you is to protect you from physical and spiritual harm. Again, according to Hebrews 1.14 and Psalm 91 verses 11 through 13, one of the primary duties of angels is to protect you. They are like God's AAA service on your behalf. They are there to render aid when you need it. Sometimes the angels are there to protect us from physical danger. Physical danger. Did you know that one of Satan's primary strategies in your life is to kill you prematurely? He would love to take your life before God's time. Teenagers, he would love to take your life in a traffic accident, for example, or through suicide or in some other way. You say, where do you get that, Pastor? John 8, Jesus said that Satan is a liar and he is a murderer. At Pathway to Victory, we take this warning from Paul very seriously. It's absolutely critical that we tell the truth about angels because any twisting of the biblical record will ultimately become another gospel. Along those lines, I make this promise to you that Pathway to Victory will remain true to God's Word. Pathway to Victory is a beacon of truth, not only here on your station, but around the world as well. Well, there's a deadline coming very soon. Saturday night at midnight, Pathway to Victory will close the books on 2022. In this difficult season in America, it's our God-given role to bring healing and hope to our country. 
For that reason, we're not bashful about calling upon friends like you to join us in the all-out effort to touch even more lives. As we set our sights on 2023, we're courageously marching into a new year with every intention to serve our country as a bright light in the darkness. Gratefully, a generous group of friends have set aside a matching fund in the amount of $525,000 as a matching challenge. And when you give before the deadline this Saturday night, your investment will have twice the impact. Plus, your generous year-end gift entitles you to request the 2023 Pathway to Victory Daily Devotional as well. If you think you already have this book, I can assure you, you don't. This is a brand new edition with a devotional chapter for every weekday in 2023. Please don't allow this opportunity to escape without taking advantage of the matching challenge and to receive your copy of the beautiful daily devotional. Now, here's David with all the details. Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. When you give a generous year-end gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory, We'll say thanks by sending you the brand new leather-bound Pathway to Victory daily devotional for 2023. To request your copy, call 866-999-2965, or it's even easier to go online at ptv.org. Now, when your gift is $100 or more, you'll also receive this month's Christmas teaching series called Celebrate the Savior. We'll send you both the CD and DVD. Plus, the CD includes music from the First Baptist Dallas Choir and Orchestra, just like what you heard in today's broadcast. Remember, your contribution right now will effectively be doubled in impact through our Light in the Darkness Matching Challenge. But this Saturday is the last day the Matching Challenge will be active, so be sure to get in touch right away. Call 866-999-2965 or go online to ptv.org. You could also send your donation by mail. Here's the address. P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. That's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins, inviting you to join us again next time when Dr. Jeffress concludes his message called The Angels and You. That's Friday, here on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas.